Hi guys, I hope you are all well and welcome back to the Proud Position Associate podcast. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about developing thick skin. Um, so during this podcast, I'm going to be talking to you guys about my personal experience of how I kind of, when I first started general practice and it was more in how I dealt with a patient complaint and I think from then on it really kind of made me realise how important it is to grow thick skin and I mean there's there's many kind of criticisms and there's many negatives that you're going to get from people uh, whether it be during your placements whether it be so from consultants whether it be when you're studying when you're doing the PA course you're going to get your colleagues you'll get your supervisors you'll get um, lecturers who will constantly give you criticisms Um, and in the next podcast I'll be going through how to deal with that sort of criticism Um, but today I'm going to be concentrating on more kind of the clinical side of when the actual reality of dealing with criticisms with uh, patients um so before I go into that I I wanted to basically kind of highlight the importance of making sure that when you have when somebody gives you a criticism you're able to develop this sort of way of internalizing this criticism and trying to reflect on it the right way because we're so, I think naturally as human beings, and obviously it depends on what kind of personality you have, but everyone likes, everyone reacts very quickly to certain criticisms and thus it comes out emotionally. Um, and, and and then it really delays that kind of, that quick response and the emotional response really delays a, um, a better way of trying to deal with it. So, I'm sure every single body that's listening to this now has had some sort of criticism and some sort of, even a nasty, so whether it be a constructive criticism or whether it be a nasty criticism, somebody said something horrible about the way you've done something or has questioned you or has grilled you and made you feel a very kind of, a sort of negative way. And, 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 you, and you've left that sort of situation feeling absolutely rubbish about yourself and you just sometimes you just you know you get to the point where you feel like I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore and I'm sure especially in PA school people have had that thought no doubt um, but unfortunately wherever you go whether it's secondary care primary care after qualifying you'll be dealing or during placement you'll be dealing with kind of a whole hierarchy of allied healthcare professionals people who are your supervisors people who are the consultants um on-call doctors um your uh, gp supervisors experienced colleagues um that are, are that are working with you and they'll be questioning you constantly um, and you'll get your fair share of grilling and they'll be questioning your general knowledge, your rationales as to why you're doing um, certain things, why you're carrying out certain clinical investigations, why your treatment plan is this sort of way, why you're prescribing some sort of thing, why are you doing, why are you prescribing this sort of dose? And rightly so, because at the end of the day, we are dealing with patients and 
it's real and every single and this is this is the thing about medicine it's not like any it's not like kind of your usual uh, jobs this is a this sort of job has a massive effect on patients if you get it wrong there's really there can be really horrible consequences if you get something wrong and you would never be able to kind of cope um and 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 forgive yourself if you you know made a certain made and made a, a a if you dealt with the situation and you made a decision on something and unfortunately you probably you know made a mistake and no doubt we'll make mistakes but unfortunately with healthcare and with medicine if you make a mistake that can lead that can be very detrimental um so it's really 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 important that when we get criticisms we're able to take them on board and really learn from them because you are you are dealing with patients you know these are people's lives you're dealing with so it's really really important you realize that you know after kind of correct reflection um it will make you a much better person and a much better clinician because it will strengthen your foundation and improve your quality of care that you're giving to your patient so it's really really important and i keep saying really really but it really is important um that you're able to turn something negative into something positive and then using that sort of experience as a catalyst to become better we all have egos some of us have bigger egos than others but through criticism it breaks down that ego and if you have a problem with dealing with criticism you need to think about you need to look at your ego you have to accept that you will make mistakes and you have to accept that other people will be right and you are wrong and that's fine if you e- if you don't have an ego you won't have a problem with it because you will accept it and then you'll realize well actually this is going to make me a better clinician so it, criticism teaches you to drop that ego and pride so no doubt your colleagues your you know your supervisors all these sorts of um professionals experienced professionals will be criticizing you but you'll also get not only the doctors and your supervisors you'll also get patients criticizing you you'll get complaints through the more and more you work as a healthcare professional the more encounters you have with patients the more time you spend in you know in your job uh, the more interactions you have you will no doubt get some sort of complaint now whether it's an actual complaint that comes through as a formal complaint or it might just be on passing or it might be something that the receptionist will say back to feedback to you or even your colleagues will feedback to you you will get some sort of horrible comment made about you and that's that's just the reality of it you'll get kind of patients who are th- th- even threatened to complain about you um and you know kind of doubt your your competency levels and your ability to and uh, your ability and whether you're carrying out your job properly 
Um, but you need to understand that you won't get it right and you can't please everybody. You're misdiagnosed. You will probably give out wrong treatment. I remember doing loads of ridiculous stuff sometimes, but thank God it got picked up by my supervising GP before anything else had happened. And I think that's the really important thing about, this is the really nice thing about being a physician associate is that you'll always get your work double checked. And that always gives me that, you always have that safety net, which is really important. So, you know, I remember prescribing ugh, a contraceptive pill for like, I must've put the dose as two years. And my, my GP was like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I actually don't know. I was like prescribing gabapentin, um, 900 dose and a 900 milligram dose. And I don't know. I, I, it was, yeah. When I first started, it was all a bit of a mess. But yeah, it is what it is. But thank God I learned from those mistakes and never made them again, <laughs> which is the most important thing. Um, but I'm going to get on to, uh, so the, the experience that I had. So I remember when I had a, so this is when I first started, maybe a couple of weeks in. And I remember, uh, we had, I had a child come in and the child came in with his grandma. The child was only probably about three, I think it was about three years old. And prior to the day he came in, the day before he was in, he went to, the mom took him to hospital because she was worried about a rash that he had. So the rash started on his abdomen and spread on his legs and arms. They seen him in A&E. They did all the assessments um, on him. They did a complete examination and they diagnosed him with a viral rash. So they safe netted him and he was discharged. So he came in today with the kind of worry, the grandma was worried that the rash was getting worse. So did a complete history and that, you know, having a lovely, having a kind of amazing support and a really, 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 really nice um, and knowledgeable supervisor. He went through everything with me on how to examine a child and how to document it correctly, um, kind of a, a couple of days before. So I was really fresh on it and I knew what I was, or I knew what I was doing. And um, I had done pl plenty of children uh, examination so this boy was pretty compliant and the thing about children is that you know when they're really unwell when they walk through the door uh, and that's really really important and that's one thing I loved about face-to-face -face consultation so he came in he was happy smiley engaging wow um he was quite a compliant baby but not in the wrong way sort of thing so he was compliant but he was alert um and yeah, the mom the grandma came in she was worried about the rash um and completed the whole examination from kind of head to toe, examined everything, ears, throat, um, resps, uh, kind of computer refill time, heart rate. So, you know, checked his, listened to his lungs, uh, listened to kind of the back, listened to his chest, listened to his abdomen, his bowel sounds, um, pressed on the rash, uh, pressed on the rash and the rash was fully blanching. So, everything was okay everything was going good no cervical um uh, lymphadenopathy uh temperature was fine so all this seemed really okay and I, I was just kind of you know thinking okay this child is is, is not is not unwell and majority and probably most likely this is going to be absolutely you know this child's going to be absolutely fine so i safety netted the 
absolute crap out of this. I made sure that the grandma knew exactly what tracheal tug was. I even went through a video with her. I remember going through what, you know, subcostal recession was. Um, I remember basically making, going through the traffic light system. I made sure that she, because this is the really important thing and it was constantly drummed in with us when we were in general practice is that the main thing about general practice is that if you can't find anything clinically significant and anything that you're going to do for that patient, whether you're not, so if you're not going to prescribe anything, you're going to make sure that you safety net the crap out of that. Okay. You make sure that you are going through everything with them. So they are fully aware of what to look for. And whenever there's signs of deterioration to seek urgent medical advice. So I did that and I knew hundred percent documented it all and left. So you no, know, the patient came through. So this was in the morning. We had a, um, we had a really kind of news receptionist then as well. And she was really inexperienced. So she was, she was always panicking and that was just, she was just known for that then. So all I heard was the receptionist kind of running through the corridor, running to her. She didn't even knock my door. She just ran into my room and I was wrapping up then anyway. And it was about six o'clock right into my room and she was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god the grandma's on the phone she's going crazy and i'm like what i didn't even know who she was talking about because she was talking so fast and this happened early in the morning as well the grandma's on the phone the child's gone into hospital he's really unwell um and she's gonna pull a put, put a full complaint in um about you and she's going absolutely mad on the phone and I was like, oh my god, what the hell? And I was like, well, one second, who's this patient? What are you talking about? And she gave me the name. And then as soon as she gave me the name, my heart dropped. I was like, oh my god, what have I done? And I just kind of panicked. I remember my palms got sweaty. My heart was beating so fast. I was really, really, really scared. And I think there was multiple reasons why I was scared. I think one of the reasons I was scared was that um, I was scared about living with the consequence of I could, I, I missed something and that child's really unwell now and that child could, but in the way she was going on as if the child had nearly died. So I thought, oh my God, that child's in intensive care. He's really unwell. What have I done? I don't think I can do this. The other part of me was like, oh my God, she's trans, she, and she transferred the call as well. So she didn't de-escalate the sort of conversation. She just transferred it straight through to me. So the phone was ringing now, and I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna get a proper mouthful of this of this grandma now. Um, and I answered, and stupidly I answered the phone, um, and. I just kind of had tears in my eyes because she was going absolutely, she was wretched. She was going crazy. She was like, I can't believe you've done this. You haven't prescribed antibiotics. My grandson's so unwell. He's gone into hospital now. Anything happens to him, it's going to be all your fault. I'm going to put in a full complaint. She was going on and on and on and on. I thought, oh my God. And the more and more she kept saying things, I just didn't know what to say. I never had dealt with anything like that before. So I was just absolutely kind of shocked. And I just froze and I just had tears in my eyes. I was absolutely distraught. Um, and I just didn't know what to do. So she cut the phone off and then I just sat there thinking, oh, what? And then the other part of the dread was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to talk to my supervisor now. 
and he's going to really, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to react. And I just thought, I just felt like, you know, when you do something bad as a child and then you go to your parents or, or they find out and you have to have that dreaded kind of confrontation or that dreaded sort of um, confession. I felt like that. I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to have to confess now what I've done. So I went into the, uh, I knocked onto uh, uh, my supervisor's door. And this is the one thing that's really, really important is you must have, you must kind of realise how important it is to have an important relationship with your supervisor. Um, because you have to be, you have to feel comfortable enough to go out and and to talk to your supervisor about these certain situations because that's what they're there for not only are they there to kind of check up on your work and to make sure that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing in the correct way um but they're also support supposed to be there for your support as well so I went in and he was like and I'm usually a very quite happy bubbly sort of person I come in everyone can hear me before they see me and my whole demeanor my whole aura was just completely I was disheveled and he was just like, what? what is going, what's wrong? What's happened? I went through everything. I was crying. And then he like offered me tissue and stuff. Asked me to do some breathing. And then he looked at my consultation and he said, Saba, what are you worried about? And I was like, well, I'm worried about the fact that that child, something, something bad's going to happen to that child and it's going to be all my fault. And he was like, what exactly is your fault? everything you've documented and if you have and if you say if you can say to yourself 100% you did everything you could in that that when you examine that child you did it with 100% accuracy and you did it to the best of your ability and you documented correctly what are you worried about because everything on here and this is this is really really important what he said to me he said if there were five doctors in this room now if there was five experienced clinicians in this room now and they had this case and they had all these findings they would have done exactly the same thing you would have done and then it hit me i was like well actually you're right i have done everything i could have done for that patient he said what are you worried about even if this complaint comes through if you know yourself you've done the right, the best you could for that child and everything on here is accurate then you have nothing to worry about this is going to happen you're going to get this and then he said it Saba, you need to grow a thick skin <laughs> and after that i was like hmm that's that's it i just needed to grow a thick skin Thank God nothing happened to that patient. The child was absolutely well. He was discharged. I went in the next day, looked at his discharge notes, and he was discharged with a viral rash. So thank God nothing happened to that child. And she didn't put a complaint in. And everything was just kind of like, you know, left at that, really. Um, so it's really important to understand that you have to grow thick skin and be prepared for these sorts of encounters. It's always important to... So the things that you want to gain from this is that this is going to happen. Okay, this is reality. 
The other thing is, is that it's important to build trusting relationships with your supervisors um, so that you feel comfortable enough talking to them about these sorts of encounters. Because as soon as he spoke to me and as soon as I had that encounter, I actually went home feeling so much better. Whereas if I'd never spoke to my um, supervisor that day about it, because I already had my review. So if I never spoke to him about it, I would have just honestly, like I would have been absolutely distraught. I would have been, I just, I would have gone home feeling horrible. Um, you need to, and the other thing is like, you need to appreciate that children will deteriorate very fast. And yeah, thankfully nothing happened to that child. But that's why it's really, really, really important to safety net that patient. Um, and if you have a complaint or things turn haywire, always think about, always think in your head that if there were a bunch of doctors in the room, would they have done the same thing as well? Um, and the last thing to kind of, the last thing I wanted to mention is that, except that you cannot please everybody, okay? You will have patients complaining um, about you you know, hopefully not a lot. You, you mean, you know, if, if you're a good clinician, you won't get that. You'll get more compliments than you will get complaints. Um, but you will, nevertheless. And all you can do is your best. If you sit there and you can truly say to yourself, I did everything I could for that patient. That's all you can do. At the end of the day, you're only human. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you've gained something for that and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.